0: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dadcast. I am JP. He is Nick Martin. How are you, Nick? I'm so good. So excited for this one. Oh, me too. I, I I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, before I uh, get into the excitement and let you know who is on the show today, um, gotta thank our sponsors. Of course, Big Fat. Thank you to Great Notion Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, they're amazing. No, oh, <laughs> Nick's <you've> got it. <laughs> As if on cue, man, Um, make sure you download the Great Notion app. And if you put in the code DADCAST10, you get yourself a nifty little discount to beer served directly to your door cold. And, of course, locally here, KMVU Fox 26. uh, They're amazing. And we're super duper excited today, Nick. We've partnered up with an amazing company and an amazing brand. As of right now, we are proud to say DADCAST not only endorses... But we actually also use the MicroTouch collection of products. Brett Favre uses them. Mm, that might be coming handy considering today's guest. We could talk about, but there is the awesome MicroTouch titanium trim and uh, this precision little guy that they sent to us today, the Titanium Max. Amazing. Um, listen up you guys as busy dads who's got time to trim up those beards i know i don't there are barely enough minutes in the day to get everything done without worrying about cleaning up excess and unwanted body hair right nope (laughs) with a micro touch titanium collection of products cleaning up unwanted hair uh from head to toe it's a breeze man stainless steel blades are coated with titanium for a more durable and long-lasting blade solo titanium it's rechargeable they won't nick or cut. And uh, of course, the products are drive shave, dry trim and dry groom only. That means quick, easy and convenient groom anywhere, anytime. you can get yours right now. Actually, maybe wait till the show's over. And once that happens, <laughs> go to www.solotitanium.com. So Microtouch, thanks, man. We appreciate you. And we hope you guys go get your stuff. Woo, that was a mouthful. Right. Did you show your, did you show your Yours? yours? No, I oh, forgot to grab it. <laughs> Nick has some, I guarantee it today. I got, I got the important stuff. You, yeah, you got the beer, right? I, I'm, I was thinking about actually shaving my, my, my parts of my face right, right here on live on the I air. I was thinking
1: but. about going with uh, shaving my, going the Jacob Young stash. I was like, kind of inspired me. I know, right?
0: Maybe, oh, maybe, man. maybe I'll dare you to yeah. do that later. Today on the show, oh, and also there's a nice little note card from uh, them. It says, hey, Nick, hope you and the DadCast team enjoy your at MicroTouch Groom products. Can't wait to see, hear your content. Well, you're going to see it real soon. Thank you so much. Today on the show, DadCast is proud to present to you a former NFL player who is, uh, he's got a story to tell. Um, He's an author, businessman, amazing guy. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Daryl Clack. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How you guys doing? Good, good. I hope you got through that whole commercial there.
2: Oh, yeah. Commercial's good. Commercial's All right. Good. All right. <laughs>
0: well, DadCast, um, what we're about is uh, obviously spreading the word of how important it is to uh, fatherhood and how important it is to have fathers in the lives Um, we try to spread that positive message and we talk to all sorts of different dads out there and again you don't have to be a dad to be on the show but typically that's what we do and uh, with that being said the rite of passage the very first question i like to typically ask right here on Dadcast is daryl clack are you a dad yes i am
2: yeah yes i have a 14 year old daughter and a 27 year old stepdaughter all right. Oh, um, yeah, I'm definitely a dad. Yes, <laughs> girl. Sure you girl. are. I'm even more girl. excited now. So we can get sure some advice on what yeah. to
1: happen from now until they're 27, JP. Because we're dealing with like the 16-year-olds right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, high school. We don't, yeah, it's like the it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have any issues with uh, the stepdaughter, you know, the teen years, 14 to high school and whatnot? Or was it just the typical problems that we all do have as dads?
2: Actually, I didn't have any problems with her. Um, she was a very um, sweet girl growing up. You uh, used to have fun and, you know, and, you know, we did uh, like sports and things of that nature. But she's a very intelligent, smart little girl growing up. And so she didn't have any issues. And one thing I've got to say is with her, I didn't have any issues with boys. So she didn't start dating any boys until she was like 18, senior high school. Mm-hmm. so um you know well, count yourself blessed because that, the that really well. so <laughs> luckiest man in the world right here yeah i know
0: i've got a 17 year old uh pushing 18 year old stepdaughter um who's been with me since she was three years old um yeah. sharing time with her dad as well He's a great guy you know there's it's a split house type deal um but she has uh recently she's had a, a boyfriend in the past year and we won't go into the details and the nitty-gritty of all that but let's just right. say it is not easy.
1: It, it is yeah. very
0: difficult to navigate. So I lucky you, yeah. man. I hope you have the same luck with the 14 year old
2: so far. So good. Um, I, I, I know I had a uh, conversation with her uh, when she was going to high school ninth grade. And yeah, you know, I was letting her know, Hey, there's no boyfriends. You have friends and male friends, but no boyfriends. And we'll have a discussion when you become a senior in high school about having boyfriends, but right now there's no
0: boyfriends. Well, I mean, she agree. So, so far so good. I I wish I could. Same <laughs> off, man. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go back around to Dad here. I promise on this episode, but um, I want to cover a couple things with you. Um, the typical things I'm sure you get in every single interview, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get through that. But. I want to talk about the exciting thing first. It's all exciting. Don't get me wrong. But Uh you, sir, um, as far as I'm concerned, after doing a deep dive on Daryl Clack on the Internet, um, would say you're most famously known as being a former Dallas Cowboy NFL player. Is that safe to say? Yes. Okay. And we're talking 1983, 1987, give or take a year. That was when you uh, you played.
2: 86,
0: 89. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that should still line up. So I told you off the air. I had uh, something I wanted to tell you that I think is really, really cool. I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. Okay. You are a Dallas Cowboy. So I'm fairly certain, you know, exactly where that may be because the Landry years played their spring camp at California Lutheran University, CLU in Thousand Oaks, California. That's correct. My dad, when I was a kid, probably anywhere from 10 to 14 years old, would take me out to spring training or spring camp, whatever mm-hmm. camp. And uh, two tall Jones rode me around on his shoulders. I played catch with Randy White. And it's safe to assume you were there during those moments.
2: Yes, I was there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I George was there, we're still there, Danny White. Yep. Tony Hill, Everton Walls, all those guys are still there. I was there.
0: So it's, we've met. Yes. Because I met the whole team. We might've met, we might've met at some point. I was much smaller and much younger. (laughs) But, and uh, probably a little bit thicker, a little, and the hair was much brighter, red and orange, but I just, you know, when we found out that you, you were going to be on the show, I said, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I've probably met this man, didn't even realize it. And here we are pushing 40 years later, give or take. Um, And, uh, and I have you on our show. And I just think that's the coolest thing, which makes five, obviously the Cowboys, my second favorite team, unless of course they're playing the Raiders and then all bets are off. But we
2: play the Raiders a lot down there too. Yes. And and so you, I'm sure you saw all that stuff too. Yeah,
0: Bouncing between Oakland and LA during the time. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. And my father who was in heaven, thank you so much for, uh, for providing those memories, man. That's uh, I'm, I feel blessed because I had a great father and a That's lot amazing. of a lot of kids out there do not. And again, yeah. kind of point we're trying to push with DadCast here and all that. All right. Now that we're fanboying is over, <laughs> um, I kind of want to ask you about, uh, you know, the book you wrote and, okay. you know, the inspiration for it. Your uh, and I've tried pronouncing it, but I'm not even going to dare. Uh, the, the TTP, I believe. Yeah. yeah, TTP. yeah, so yeah. That 2016 that came out. And of course, the uh, the early onset dementia um, pushing about five, six years now since that diagnosis and inspired you to write a book. Tell us all about that, man.
2: Well, um, it's, it's one of those things where, um, for the life of me, I never thought about writing a book, um, at, at, you know, um, I've seen some of my teammates and players and people that, you know, have written books where, but it's never dawned on me to even write a book until, uh, the time when I, um, Got uh, had this episode where um, I was, which is in 2016, where I got uh, had an episode where I had uh, got sick and got diagnosed with uh, TTP, which is a, a blood disorder. Yep, that generates blood clots, and when that does, it stops oxygen flow in my brain, heart, or kidneys. And then, um, but that process, uh, when I first, when it first happened, I had a, uh, just kind of make a long story short, had a uh, a minor. Small stroke, stroke symptoms, mm-hmm. and that's what started it. Uh, we was on vacation in California with the with my family at the time, and all of a sudden I just started getting uh, my left arm was numb, and you know just slurred speech and everything. And uh, my wife at the time called the nine one one. They came and did the diagnosis and everything. said so he's having a stroke. Rushed me into the ambulance. I passed out in the ambulance. Got to the hospital. That was it. Uh, I don't remember anything else from that point until two days later when I woke up. And so what happened was they had uh, diagnosed me with TTP and started me treatment at that particular time. But my body didn't take it. So I had a seizure. And that's why I went into a coma for two days. <laughs> and then when I finally woke up and went through that whole process of having to do lots of treatments and lots of uh, rebuilding myself and restoring my memory and all that kind of things. Um, it just dawned on me, like all of a sudden it just said, hey, well, I've got something to tell, you know. Um, and prior to me getting sick, uh, I had been diagnosed with uh, the beginning stage of uh, dementia, you know. And so I kind of took all that into consideration, like this may be something that I might want to talk about uh, to share, because at the time I kind of wanted to become like an advocate for TTP, mm-hmm. um, just spread the word because it's a rare blood disorder. Not a lot of people had it. And not a lot of people didn't even knew about it. Um, and so um, while I was in the hospital, it just dawned on me like, hey, you know, something I might want to tell. And talk about. And so, you know, I just kind of start writing, you know, my journey, uh, everything that transpired in my life from football, from elementary school, junior high, high school, concussions, injuries, um, my whole path to the Dallas Cowboys, cause of Arizona State, um, my successes, my downfalls, uh, my frustrations, um, all of that. I just kind of just wrote it to start writing um, and you know through the grace of God, it just kind of started falling into, pl- falling, falling into place and like, oh okay, this could be something worth really putting out there and talking about um and this is where we're here here we are today uh you know I got a chance to uh give with a publicist and and we just started just working on that process and putting together a book um and all that kind of stuff and then you know it just kind of transpired into a nice good book you know and it and the thing about it is is I wanted the book to be a not only just tell my story, but also be a resource for people, for uh-huh. young players, football players, athletes, moms, parents, doctors, uh, just regular people to say, hey, you know, I've gone through all of this stuff. This is what I did to uh, improve myself. This is what I did to become better. This is how I got better. This is how I beat, you know, become, beat the illness and, and all the medications I've taken, all the therapies I've taken, all what the doctors did what the doctors tried to do and didn't work, did work, you know, and they can use it as a resource to, hey, if this is something that happened to Daryl Clack, take a look at his book and he can kind of give you an idea of all the adversity he went through and how he overcame a lot of this stuff and just kind of use it as a resource. And that's the kind of process I wanted to do. And that's why I came up with the story, hear my story before I forget, it. you know, because at some point when they diagnosed me with having early dementia, I was like, oh God, maybe, hopefully right. I don't get to that point, but you know, if I do, I, I need to at least get this story out.
0: Right now, today, as we speak uh has it has it progressed at all
2: so far so good uh you know by one it's uh I haven't gotten any uh it's just been i've just been normal uh you know occasionally some memory lapses and some some things of that nature, but it hasn't progressed to a full full stage dementia, so I'm glad of that
0: good, yeah, we are too yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I can speak from experience and this is not to bring anyone down. I promise or to make this negative at all, but I, I, I lost my mother five months ago and oh, uh, two, to uh, Alzheimer's and, and dementia. It was, it's combinations. We know they're very, very similar. Um, yeah. and pff, it was, you know, it was pretty rough three years once uh, it was diagnosed, but she also had a stroke and it's just, you know, health problems. She was very, very old. Um, okay. so you know but i have a very i've lived it i've lived through you know that and hearing that there's nothing it's been i mean like i said i looked it up and, and i was diagnosed six years ago for you and nothing yet so far so you're on a good path man that is that is good to hear
2: thank you yeah i'm happy about that so far
0: how is it uh with the family i mean your youngest daughter, 14, six years ago, eight years old, was there a discussion with the family regarding, okay, dad, this is what's going on. This is what could happen. And how did you navigate that as a parent? I can only imagine trying to tell bad news to my children about myself. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, at, at, at the, at the beginning, you know, because they they don't understand what's going on. Um, and they just see dad and just kind of going through a lot of, uh, Uh, medical issues, you know, Mm -hmm. and 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 behave in a certain way. Cause, you know, she would notice like my behavior. Um, I would have like this little outbursts for no reason, or I would just be, I would isolate myself for no reason. Um and, you know, and she would notice that about dad and she didn't understand that. Why is dad all of a sudden behaving that way? You know, and so, you know, I had to sit her down and say, okay, this is this is what's going on with dad and kind of identify what dementia is and what symptoms are for dementia. And I also had to had to sit down with her and explain to her about uh, concussions because I had a lot of concussions. And when you take the concussions and all that stuff combined, you know, it's just, you know, it it, it puts you through a mental period of, of things that you just never expect yourself to go through. And there's times that I was going through this stuff and I didn't realize I was actually going through it, you know. And so I could sit, be sitting there watching television and all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there with a glare on my face and not realizing nothing's going on. And she'll, she'll look at me and she said, say, Dad, you okay? i said, say, yeah, honey, why? She goes, because you don't look like you're watching television. And I'm just sitting there. I'm thinking I'm watching, but I'm not really thinking. I'm talking, right. you know what I mean? So kids, they notice little things like that, but they don't understand it. So I just really had to just kind of identify everything that I went through from football with the concussions, identify what the concussions were about. Uh, talk about what kind of symptoms you get from concussions. Talk about what dementia was, and and identify you know what the symptoms are for that. And so by my be doing that, she kind of understood that. But when we would go out, she I could tell she would really look at me to make sure I'm okay, you know. And there was one time, give an example, we went to uh, to the mall and went to a store, and we, I was we was getting her something at, at a store, and the. The the cashier um, wasn't giving me the answers that I wanted to get. And so I, you know, I started kind of getting like a little upset about it. Right. And she saw my upset and started to build up and she saw it and she grabbed my hand, said, Dad, it's okay, Dad. It's okay, Dad. And then so when she did that, I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm I'm giving you. Too upset that I shouldn't be getting upset. And she acknowledged that because of what I had told her and explained to her these symptoms. And so she would, she would make sure that she would look at it and make sure that wasn't taking place. And if it was, she just grab on to me and said, "Dad, you good? You okay, Dad? You okay, Dad?" And then I just kind of come back and come back to normal. And so, very smart kid. But you know, but she's, I made her aware of everything. So at that point, she once she's aware of it, then she understands it, and then then she was okay with it. Part of that she didn't know, you know. And so she was wondering why Dad was going through this.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, little hero right talk. there.
2: They're yeah.
0: little heroes. Yeah, they are. It's to this day, every, I mean, I, I, my, my daughter, she's nine years old. Mm -hmm. She had a birthday last week. We had her birthday party two days ago on a Sunday, got a big old bouncy house and I I bought her an electric dirt bike Mm -hmm. for uh, her birthday. And I'm regretting this decision because now my nine-year-old, even though she's got a helmet on is going about 15 miles an hour up and down the street and there's speed wobbles involved. And it's like, you know, we all know we're boys. We've ridden bikes. It's going to happen. That crash, that first crash. It's it's going to happen. I hope yeah. it doesn't. She's literally riding right now. Uh, oh! So if I yeah. run away real quick, Nick's going to take over, and uh, I'm going to tend to my injured daughter. But it's yeah. just amazing yeah. how in the blink of an eye, man, she was nine years old. Yeah. In a, yeah. another blink, I said it in an earlier episode. She's going to be 18 for you. Yeah. 14 years old, man. It went like yeah. that, right? Just like that, just yeah. like the blink of my an eye. Another snap is going to be twenty-eight. Yep. Oof. Oof.
2: Slow <laughs> down, slow down. You're growing too fast. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> we have
1: to be like me and just keep popping them out. <laughs> yes,
0: You got to congratulate Nick Martin here. He uh, made an announcement last week. Uh-huh. Uh, him and his lady went in and have successfully had another IVF baby implanted into mommy and. Okay. What? Eight months from now, he may have a single baby or 10. We don't know. Well, yeah. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. We're giving eight of them away. We've already discussed this on, on the prior episode. So.
0: Still no takers. Daryl, are you in? You, are, you,
1: are you ready to be a dad again?
0: I got
2: girls, you know, but, you know, I was getting a little boy too, but yeah.
0: All right. So with the stepdaughter, does she have any children? Are you a grandpa yet? No, no. She's 27 now. So no kids.
2: Yeah. No okay. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> does, does that, the yeah. idea scare you? It scares me. Um, but she's 27 and, you know, but what I want is for her to establish herself with a career yep. and all that kind of stuff. And, um, um, babies, she got time for babies. Well, you got time for kids, but you need to establish yourself with a, with a good career, no matter, I don't care what it is in, but just have a good career that way you can take care of yourself and take care, you know, your life and just do things accordingly the right way. You know, just don't have a kid, just be having a kid. No.
0: Yeah. 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 So, understand that.
2: So far so good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does. Uh, it does make me nervous. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know, she's, <laughs> she's I'd say any, yeah. anything after 18 is, you know, yeah. God forbid, you know, but yeah. it, you never yeah. know. And, and yeah, you
2: never know. Yeah. It was, yeah, it right.
1: gets yeah. scary. So I got to ask a football question. So you played in the eighties and you're still involved with like players and stuff. I I looked at your social media and you're like, you're still involved with the players and teams and stuff. And do you notice a big difference between the players back then when there was like, there was no social media, there weren't as many endorsement deals or the players weren't like social media stars and stuff. And like, I feel like you guys played more for the love of the game and now it's more for love of the fame and love of the money. And
2: you're correct. You're 100 correct. Uh, when I played, like you say, we didn't have none of that stuff. Yeah, um, and so we were play, paid a lot less, and we practice a more. We practice harder. Yeah, we played harder than what they do in today's world. You know, yeah. just for example, we practice. You know, five days a week, full pads, full contact. You know, mm-hmm. and in today's world, they don't even do contact in practice. You know, yeah. so what that does is it extends their career because now you're, you less of injuries. When right. We, played, we were contacting having practices with full contact all the time. And so that, that our career was shortened because now you getting, you have more high risk at getting injuries, which was what we did. Um, Pace pay wise, you know, the older guys, we sacrifice a lot uh, for today's players because th- we did two, we had two strikes um matter of fact, I was in one of them in '87. I was in a strike, NFL strike.
0: And that the was Doug Williams year, wasn't it? Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. And that was that was the start of uh, you know, laying the groundwork for players in today's world, you know, with uh free agency and and these higher salaries and all that thing. And so we missed out a lot uh in our generation compared to how they are now. And then plus, like they have social media now and You know, so it's like it, it, I mean, time has changed. Um, And so from my standpoint, I played football because I loved football. I just loved it. Um, And it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what it paid or or whatever. I just loved the game of football. Today's Mm -hmm. world is it's all about the endorsements. It's all about the big contracts. It's all about how much money I can make. And and, and it's all about, well, if I'm not making this money, I'm not going to play and all that kind of stuff. And that wasn't like that in our world. Yeah. So it is different. Um, but, the you know, player is player, you know, and you you out there for a reason, whether it's that or not, but you start there playing a game of football. And so that doesn't go away.
1: Yeah. I remember being a kid, my grandparents lived in San Francisco. So my grandpa would take me to the Niners games and hmm. I got to meet Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, and stuff. And then they bought a dealership up here. And I've, over the years, I got to golf with the guys and hear the old stories. And I'm like, oh, man, it seems like so much cooler than what it is now. Or you, yeah. or you talk to players now, or I've known a couple of college guys that have gone into the NFL, and it's all about how many social media followers, this That's and that. And it's like, man, I mean, play because yeah. you love the game. Like, what what happened? Yeah,
0: I exactly. don't know if you realize it, Daryl, but I think Nick just gave you a title of your next book that you could write. <laughs> if you are interested, are you ready? Uh, For the ready. love of the game, not the love of fame. That's
2: the good
1: thing. I like that, I buy that book.
2: I like that title.
1: I, like right. that. I, just, I think, I think the world would be a better place if people stopped caring about how many people follow them or like what's going on in social media, just do things because you love it. Not because exactly. you're going to make a buck or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately that's yeah. just, it's the way of the world. I mean, we are now at that age where we're God, there's kids and there's stupid likes. Well, <laughs> when we were twenties, you know, and what was the big thing that our parents were complaining about and et cetera, et cetera. This it's just, yeah this is the one nick this is the the way of the world um let's take you back about 15 years daryl okay it was a fateful day and uh the wife or the lady or whoever the mother of your daughter came Mm -hmm. to you and said guess what i'm pregnant you're gonna be a dad Mm. can you remember those emotions what went through daryl clack's mind and body that day
2: uh so it was gosh it was Cause you know, I had, I had wanted a child cause I started late. Yep. Ditto. I started late and there was a period before I met my wife at the time, uh, that ain't one kids. And, uh, I actually didn't want to get married actually, to be honest with you. And cause I had saw what a lot of my friend, my teammates were going through. And so I was, yeah. nah, I, I'm not, it's okay. I'm good. You know, And then as I got older, I was like, you know what? I do want to have a child. I would like to get married and blah, blah, blah. And so when I met my wife, you know, and uh we dated and so forth and then when she said that she was pregnant like oh it was like you know it was like it was just so refreshing and and you know i was so happy but i gotta tell you this though the greatest thing out of that is when she was born
0: that was my next question
2: that's your next question okay that's the greatest thing i have ever experience. That's the happiest day in my entire life. No matter, through football, through all the accolades, through all the awards, through all money, whatever, the greatest thing that happened to me in life is when my daughter was born. And I cried when, when I held her, when she was born and I because I was in the delivery room and I held her, I cried like a big baby. Yeah. I'm so happy that, I, that, that, that <laughs> I had, you know, this greatest, greatest creation that God could ever give me.
0: Most so of happy. us do and did. And yeah. And again, I don't want to bring up the whole grandpa thing because I know it scares us all. But <laughs> the day that I hold my daughter's baby yes, is going to be, I, I think that's going to be so overwhelming, emotional that I'm just, I yeah. can't even imagine. And yeah. thankfully, I got hopefully many, many, many years before that happens. But <laughs> I think about it, man. I really yeah. do. And, yeah. and that, that would just be. Whew, it's pretty emotional, it's pretty amazing the best damn thing in the world, I like to quote um, it's the hardest job I've ever loved
2: yes, yes, yeah that's true I hear a lot of quotes and there's one quote that people say but I really stand by it when it comes to daughters um, and you probably guys hear it probably to too and it's like your daughter's first true love is their dad And I live by that quote. And so with my daughter now, I make sure that when I'm with her and we're doing that, I treat her, you know, with to the point where I want her to make sure that how dad treats her is that when that point comes that she's going to be with the man or get married or whatever, that he treats her the same way. Yeah. And I live by that. I live by that.
1: Yeah. yeah. A big thing for me was to like how I treat my wife in front of the kids. Like, well, all the time, <laughs> not, not just right, 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 right. because I, I, I have boys and girls and I want my boys to be respectful and not be like I was when I was a kid and think that it's cool to date everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, It's not cool. That's So I want my boys to just be respectful and treat women right and not yeah. get into a situations with everything that goes on in the world where it's going to come back and be like, man,
0: I shouldn't have done that. So yeah, that's true. I agree. It's funny. You say that, um, I'm going to show you something here. Uh, my Facebook banner on social media, but I don't know if you can see that, but it says dad, a son's first hero, daughter's first love. Yes, nice. I so like that. Exactly, exactly what you just said, uh, okay. except you know I couldn't leave my son out of the of the picture when.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, it is. It that is truly the case, and it is our job as men as fathers to uh, keep that and yeah. hold on to that uh, forever if we can. You know, and yeah, exactly. It, we don't ever want them thinking otherwise. Okay, we're getting emotional. I'm going to shift gears. Uh, tell us a little bit about is sport metric still a thing for you? Yes, it
2: is. It, it, we kind of shut it down when, when uh, COVID hit. Right. Um, but it's still a thing for me. So um, I came up with sport metric because I wanted to. So when I retired from football, I went through a, a transition of what I wanted to do in life. And it was something that I could not figure out whatsoever, because I didn't at that time, I didn't have a plan B when I stopped playing. And so I went back to college, got my degree, started working in corporate America. You know, but you know it was just still that was just something that was just missing. I couldn't figure it out and then as time time passed and came up, uh, I met a uh, a gentleman who um, had us had and we just had conversations about life about my career and about football and things of nature and he's a military guy and I'm a military brat um, and so we kind of like everything is kind of fell in place on our connection and then You know, and I just sat there and I just kind of figured it out. Said, you know what, I want to do something to help, uh, train or give back to youth kids. Um, And he said, "Uh, well, let's how about doing something like uh, youth camps or whatever. And I said, yeah, I've done youth camps. so let's start with that. And so we put our heads together and came up with this with this with with this company called Sportmetric. And what that does, what that what we do, with this is, is we do. It's a little different from your normal. Camps that that players do. So our first thing is when we put together a camp for kids, so you can't from kids between age seven and 17. The first first thing that we talk about is education. We don't even talk about football, yeah. so we give it to kids and we sit down with them and we talk about education and what their education goals are, what they're doing, what they're not doing. Uh, we talk about how important it is to have education and get there high school degree and go to college and so forth. And we really focus heavily on that. The second level that we talk about is community involvement, getting involved with your community, helping out people within your community, not being a a bad person and doing things. And against that's not good or, you know, getting in trouble with the law, all that kind of stuff. We talk about getting involved with the community, helping. Maybe there's volunteers with foundations or just helping people at school um, just anything that's helping out the community, and then the last thing we talk about is sports. And then so we'll put them through a camp where we'll have uh, drills. Uh, we do um, we do what we call it. You, you the combine where they uh, were, so we do the, we do the same thing that the combine does for NFL combine. We do the same thing with those kids. Nice. So
0: we do through
2: all that. Those forty yard dashes, the weights, the drills, the cones. We, we time them. Uh, we log in all that information, and we put together a spreadsheet. And we make sure those kids have all that information: their weight, their grades, uh, their their um, um, how much they bench, with their forty time, and we give them all that information. And so, the next time they come, or if they go to another camp, they can use that to compare if they're making any kind of improvement. You know, so if you had a a C at the time when we met with you, by the time you come back to us, that grade should be better. Yes, sir. And we'll ask you about it. And we ask them about it, you know, and if it's not, then we'll question why is it not, you know? And so that's kind of what sport metric is all about. Um, and, you know, it's something that allows me to feel good about myself as far as giving back to kids. Right. Um, and grooming them, grooming them to, to the point where they're on that right track. And, and I tell kids, I say, everybody here wants to be a professional football player, but they don't realize that not all of you guys are going to be professional football players. It's less than 1%. Yeah. Very few. Very few. And I tell them that, you know, and also I do a focus group with the parents and the parents may have questions or like the process and how can they get what they need to do to get their kids to be better to make it to a division one college to get to the NFL. And I make sure they are aware of this is a process. But I got to tell you right now, it's a slim pickings that your kid may make it. He, he makes it great, but it may, he may not make it. But the key, though, is is in that event. I want you parents, I want you to get the kids and have a plan B. Any event that does does not happen or does not get to that point, what's your plan B? And it starts with education. Absolutely. And so I, I do folks group like that. And so that's kind of what sport mentor is all about.
0: Gotcha. I mean if you can't play coach, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, if you love the game so much and you like it and you can't play, coach it. You know, they always want coaches You know, or trainers, you know, yep. <laughs> there's so much you can do with it. You know,
0: exactly. So, yeah, Nick, have you put together a fast five for Daryl okay. Clack by any I, chance? I did. OK, so this is a segment we like to do. Daryl. It's called the fast five. Okay. Nick's going to ask you five random questions and yeah. uh, they're not crazy. And they're not—they're not, they're not too intricate or deep. And no. uh, I may ask a couple afterwards as well, depending on what he asks. And
1: away we go. All right. Yep. If you could have a billboard with anything on it. What would it be, and why? What would it be, and why? Uh,
2: if I could have a billboard, it would be a big picture of me and my daughter. And to identify what dads should represent when they have kids.
1: Very cool. What's your most rewarding parenting accomplishment?
2: Uh, Parenting accomplishment.
1: Uh,
2: I would say probably seeing my daughter because seeing my daughter do well in in school with her grades Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm a big advocate. So I'm always involved with her education and I'm always helping her with the school projects and homework. And so that's to me is a big, big uh, accomplishment for me.
1: Very cool. Uh, Your funniest parenting fail. (laughs) Funniest parenting fail. Oh, gosh. Uh,
2: (laughs) I probably would say try and talk to my daughter about uh, feminine stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I have not had that opportunity yet. And by opportunity, I I mean... Oh, no.
2: I yeah. That's not gonna work. You gotta go talk to your mom about that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always prefer to them all. I'm, oh,
1: I'm out. That's hilarious. Okay. We <laughs> haven't had have that one meal- answered before. Sorry. Your favorite meal to cook for your kids?
2: Uh tacos. Awesome. She loves my yes. tacos. Yeah, I love my tacos.
1: So I, it was a it was a fast four today. I thought oh, I had- okay. <laughs> so let's add a couple.
0: Is your daughter uh, a football fan? Yes. Who's your yeah. favorite NFL team? Cowboys. That's not a reach. How about college? Arizona State. Well, it's okay. She's a, she's a mom or daddy's girl. <laughs> exactly. Daddy's girl. All right. Does she <laughs> yeah, have dreams of aspirations of attending college And yes, where does. dad went? Yes, she
2: does. She actually, uh, we've had numerous conversations on – what she wants to would like to study, and she, you know she's back because she's young, but she's been back and forth uh, between a lawyer or a nurse or you know or or or, or a therapist or a counselor or whatever. So she's back and forth. But I think right now she's leaning more toward nursing, um, but uh, her number one school is Arizona State. But she loves the beach.
0: Oh, that's going to be a problem. So <laughs> now
2: she's like, "Well, Dad, how would you feel if I went to a school in California?" I said, I'm fine with that because daddy loves the beach too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And it's still in the PAC 12, man. So PAC 12. Yeah, exactly. Unless she goes to SDSU. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if we're talking beaches here and colleges, uh, San Diego is not a horrible option. Not a horrible at all. At all. all. At all. (laughs) And they got good programs too for all of them. Yeah. Good schools. Yeah, definitely. Okay. My I feel this is one of the most important questions I ask with all my guests, um, and uh, it's fairly simple. Daryl Clack, if you could offer one piece of advice to any new father or upcoming father who's just you know not quite sure, oh my gosh, super nervous, scared. One piece of advice you could offer that 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 new father, what would it be?
2: Communication. Um, I think the biggest thing to have us to establish with the kids or is a good sound communication, make communicate with them, but make them feel comfortable enough to talk to you about anything good or bad. And and when I say that is that don't make them feel that if they come come to you with something that's bad, that you're just going to get on them and and be hard on them and be, be, you know, and just be just like, ah, you know, that's not good, blah, blah, blah. But just to be to the point where you understand um, and 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 if it's something that's bad, I'm sorry that it happened, I understand, but let's come to an agreement on how we can fix this and make this better and communicate that and make that child tell you what she or he can do or wouldn't do to make it better. And then you come, with a game, come up with a game plan, um, but you make them feel that they're important enough that they can put there and add their input. You know, and, you know, it, it, it was my first... Time, you know i was like you know i'm an athlete so i'm like you know push push hard and and you know no excuses and discipline and and, and you know that ha- i had that football mentality right and i had to adjust that because she's not a football person you know she's she's a girl and and so that has that approach my approach had to change and and so what i did was i just became more to a point where i talked to her and ask her how she's doing, what's going on, and let her tell me. And I don't push and, and drill her about things that didn't go well. And I just say, okay, well, let's let's fix it. What can we do to fix it? What do you want to do to fix it? And and give my input, and let her give me her input, and just have that constant sound communication. And then when you get that communication, and they trust you, and then they can talk, then they'll talk to you about any and everything. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll come and hey, Dad, uh, I had this problem, or Dad, this happened in school, or Dad, I didn't do good Oh, oh no, had this conversation and figured
0: it out that's it. Awesome. That is if there was a perfect answer out there, that's about as close as it's going to come, man. Right there. <laughs> Impressive. OK, good, good, man. We need more. of You the world needs more Daryl guys. out You're there. <laughs> All right. So let's let's ask a question. My final question before we let you go for the day, good, sir, um, mm-hmm. is uh, who's winning the Super Bowl this year?
2: You know what? Uh that's a good question because uh, <laughs> all these changes have been going on and everything, but uh you know, I I uh gosh, uh Brady's back with Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah. Uh hey, come on, is he is Brady at some point in time, Brady needs to realize he's old. And is it gonna uh, be this year? No. I don't think so either, man. He's old,
1: but he is still.
2: Uh, it's Brady, the avocados, man. It's is avocados. Brady is go. Brady is amazing. He uh, is, at yeah. his age. So He's never, I guy. never, I never rule out when Brady's playing. I never rule him out. Um, and and but the thing is, is these teams made some adjustments. You know, Russell's in Denver now, and mm. so, and it's like, gosh, you know, it's really hard. And then you know, Arizona Cardinals, they were looking good last year, but you know, they choked up in the playoffs this year, so um and then I can't I, I I'm a Dallas person so I always lean toward Dallas but they kind of disappoint me sometimes so I'm like oh great they're not doing well or they start well and they kind of pan off so it's really hard to say right now but um you still gotta look at Kansas City
0: yeah I know
2: you got still look at Kansas difficult
0: City. but yeah and then,
2: but here's another thing too is you gotta look at, at Cleveland
0: oh is Deshaun or Deshaun's playing He's in, in,
2: yeah in. they got that yeah so that's a that's a solid team you know it is so,
0: it really is I yeah. and never
2: and never and the way that the Raiders are doing things now with the team they're putting together you can't rule them out right now because they're gonna surprise a lot of people
0: I hope so oh I, yeah. I, cause it's in my wallet I I made it, I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and uh I like betting okay but I haven't had a very good run of sports betting for a while so I was like okay JP's gonna pump his brakes mm-hmm. but here I am in of, sitting in front of a kiosk, looking at the odds. I'm in Vegas. The Raiders are my team. What's a $20 bet going to pay off if they win the Super Bowl this year? On, we, you know, and I make the bet before summer's even started. Mm-hmm. If the Raiders win the Super Bowl this year, my $20 ticket will uh, net me 720 bucks. So okay, we'll see. And Definitely. you know what? it's not a, it's not a reach. Got Devonte coming it's into town. You not know this whole new coaching, a whole new system. Yeah. Derek Carr's got his boys around him. He's going to be comfortable. I mean, yeah, it could
2: happen. It's not, it's not a reach. Trust <laughs> me, not a reach.
0: <laughs> he is Daryl Clack, man. Before we let you go, um, is there anything you would like to uh, share or impart on our viewers and listeners as to where they can get your book, find out more information yeah. about you, all that good stuff, man? I would love to hear it. Now's the time.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you can almost uh, uh, social media. some I'm on Facebook's uh, Instagram at dclack clack um, 42, you know, come friend me, like me and all that kind of stuff. And then my book, um, you can get it off bars and nobles and Amazon. And It's called hear my story before I forget. Um, so you can reach out through me and I have a website too. It's darylclack.com as well. Um, and so there's, there's d- different options you can reach to me, get to hold of me. And it's my book as well.
0: There you have it. He is Daryl Clackman. Sir, you've been an amazing guest. I, I can't appreciate. I can't even express how much appreciation we have for you for coming you, on, taking some time, talking about being dads. I know we could probably do this on and on and on and on and on. And on. <laughs> All day long. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I know it's early, really early, but I'm going to plant the seed and then I'm going to let you go. Um, we do a Father's Day episode every single year where we bring back as many of the guests we've had on in the prior year um, to hang out, say hello to everyone. Wish everyone happy father's day. It's about 20, 30 minutes long. We would love to have you on. However, we've already finished this father's day episode. That's dropping next week. So we want you in line for father's day, 2023. I know it's way out, but that's just me planting the seed. So Nick, write that email down. We got to get back
2: on. Yep. Count me in. I'm in
1: yes, <laughs> sure. getting back on for a part two. Anyway, I think we got more we can talk about So yeah, I
2: gotta, I'm working on another book too. Oh,
1: there you go. <laughs> yeah, let's, so. let's schedule in Daryl Clack yeah. part do, uh, all right. well
0: before father's day next year. Yes. <laughs> all, right. Love it. Excellent. all right. Daryl Clack. Thank you so very, very much for everyone listening and everyone watching on the YouTube. You know what to do, do all the things like comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, We'll catch you on the very, very next episode. Thank you for listening, and uh, we appreciate you. Take care.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it having It's a great yeah. time. Appreciate it.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.